What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great. I hope you're having a fantastic weekend, and we want to welcome everybody watching online. Thank you so much for participating in this service with us. And today is Mother's Day on our calendar, and so I do absolutely want to just wish all the moms a happy Mother's Day. I know my mom is here, and, and my wife, Nicole, and so I, one of the things, if you haven't had a chance to meet my mom, she's super nice, she's super caring, and she's very much a, a prayer warrior and prays for me all the time. Something you do need to know is she's a little bit mischievous at times. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, when all of us, I'm, I'm the third of six, so when sometimes when we would come in the kitchen and she was doing the dishes, she would absolutely grab the dish sprayer the, the, and she would shoot us from across the kitchen and like get us and we were like, ah, and run away. And, and she loves to play jokes like that. And I know my wife, Nicole, she's an incredible mom. Uh, you know, she's loving and caring. The, 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 the words that I, one of the words I use to describe her is a lioness and because she's fierce, uh, which sometimes does not work to my benefit. Um, but my wife also, uh, no doubt, could have her own clothing and fashion line. I don't know if you've recognized, but she is natty and she knows exactly what's going on. I uh, love that. And so, you know, one of the things that's interesting about Mother's Day is, you know, we know it's supposed to be this great day, but I know for some of you, it's a, it's a difficult day. Uh, some of you were hoping to be a mom and maybe you lost a pregnancy or maybe some of you, you lost your mom. And so this is your first Mother's Day without your mom. It even makes me emotional just thinking about that for you and, and, and the pain that you must feel in experiencing that. But it is a day that we honor moms. You know, we're, we're here in church and we honor the Lord and, and Him and who He is, but I believe that moms are a gift to every single one of us because we wouldn't be here without them. So if we can honor all the moms and happy Mother's Day. It's awesome, I love it. And so we have been in a series called Unoffendable and it's a series on offense because uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but there are so many opportunities for us to be offended in so many forms and fashions. And I mean, it, it, there's just so much division, there's so much hostility in social media platforms and just in a workplace and in relationships, there just seems to be so much tension. And so the question I keep posing week after week is what about the possibility of us being unoffendable? Is it possible for us to not be offended in any way by anyone in any circumstance. And it's a daunting task, it's really difficult, but I feel like we're making progress and we're taking steps towards that. And I wanna take another big step this week. And so if you would bow your heads and pray with me uh, before we get into this message. And so Lord God, we praise you. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. Uh, God, we just ask that you would be in this place, Lord, that we could worship you and honor you and think about you. But God, right now, as, as we talk about offense, and the things that are bothering us. We just wanna acknowledge that we have a struggle. There's some tension in our life and our mind and we ask that you would minister to us. Would you speak to us through your word, through your scripture, through your spirit in the areas that we are feeling offense and that you would speak, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So I really wanna help us to get to this place to be unoffendable. And so today I wanna focus on the aspect of forgiveness. And so I'm gonna, my main text is Matthew chapter eight. So if you are uh, 18, so if you have your, your Bibles with you, go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 18. Uh, I, I usually use the New Living Translation uh, version of scripture, but uh, if you don't have your Bibles, no problem. The verses will be on the screen, but there's a couple of verses I wanted to share with you, kind of like to intro into this understanding of unoffendable and having forgiveness in our life. And so here's what it is. It, came, it comes from Colossians chapter one, starting in verse 13. It says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness 
and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And so there's some amazing, powerful things happening in, happening in just these two verses. So the first one is that God rescues us from a tragic situation. I mean, God rescues us, that's incredible. Uh, it, it's kind of like, let me give you an analogy, kind of a, a story of what this would look like for the rescuing to take place and what God does for us. So let's imagine you and I are, are just going out for a walk. We're in the neighborhood, we're walking, we're walking on the sidewalk, we're just having a good time having a chat. You know, it, it, it's maybe towards the evening time, a little bit dusk, and, and you, we're walking down, down the neighborhood and, we, and, and up there we see a, a family. We just see some people, some kids out playing in the yard and we're like, oh, how cool, that's awesome, that's great. And, and so as we get closer, we notice that they're playing ball and throwing stuff. And then so we, we get closer, we notice there's a car that's coming down the street. And we notice there's a car parked in front of the driveway on both sides. And then the ball shoots out from the driveway. And so like any kid, the kid's getting ready to run out, to, out into the street to grab the ball, but the kid can't see the car that's coming. And the car can't see the kid as the ball goes out. And they were taught to look both ways, but they can't see the car. But you and I can. We can see what's coming. And so we dart, we run up there, and we grab the kid as the car is going past because we know what's going to happen. And we grab the child, we bring him back in, and we hold him. And then all of a sudden, the mom comes running out with a, you know, starts hitting us like, give me my kid back. Like, don't take my kid. That's a joke. So, like, you know, the mom gets mad and upset. That's, that's my Mother's Day joke. But, I mean, can you imagine that's exactly, that's exactly what God does for us. Exactly the imagery where you and I are that child and we're in danger, we're facing tragedy. Sometimes we don't, we're not even aware of it and he comes and he rescues us from darkness and he welcomes us into his kingdom. And so we're not part of it. Like we weren't part of it at the beginning, but now we are. And so those of us that are following after Christ, we become part of this new kingdom. We become residents of the kingdom of our Father in heaven. So that becomes we're sons and daughters, uh, we're heirs of the king. But the thing that's interesting about this is when you're from one kingdom and you go into another kingdom, you have to learn that things are done differently. You need to learn how, like the customs, the culture, the language. You have to get integrated into that, into that kingdom and know what it's like. You have to get trained to understand it. You know, I've had the, the fortunate opportunity to, to go on a number of mission trips over the course of my life. And, and I can remember one of the times, you know, I, I went to Guatemala. Uh, we, we as a church, we led some medical and dental trips. It was awesome. Loved it. Uh, we did that through Avis. Uh, which, which stands for Viviendo para Servir, which is living to serve. That's my Spanish right there. What's up, everybody? And so when you go to Guatemala and you're six foot one, I'm a little tan, but like I'm not as tan as a Guatemalan. And so like Guatemalans are, are, are they're, they're just kind of shorter in stature. They just are. So if I was a Guatemalan, I would be the center on the Olympic basketball team. Like that's, like I would just be super tall at six one. And so I stand out. I mean, right, I, I'm, I'm an American in a, in a foreign country and I'm, I'm about a foot taller than the rest of them. And so I stand out, it's, it's just, you know, and I can speak a little bit of Spanish just to, you know, get by, but, you know, I didn't feel as though I was part of their culture because I wasn't. I wasn't, like, I'm, I, I'm not Guatemalan, I'm American, so I stand out a little bit. But if I were to move there, to live there, 
I would have to learn the culture, learn the customs, be, you know, speak you know, more fluent Spanish and understand it. I mean, I, and I wouldn't ha- it wouldn't happen all at once, right? It would take some time for me to get integrated into that culture. Well, we were in a kingdom of darkness and now we're in a kingdom of forgiveness. We're in a kingdom of of our heavenly father that offers us forgiveness. Where one time we didn't know forgiveness. We didn't know that we could receive it. We didn't know what it is to give to other people, but now we've got to get integrated into the new custom and learn the ways of forgiveness for ourselves and for the other people in the kingdom. And so there's, there's a couple of incredible pieces with this. So the first thing we've got to recognize is that we need vertical forgiveness. Where you and I in our life, when we do stuff wrong, we just, we have to you know, acknowledge it and, and confess it before God and he brings that forgiveness. But then there's another piece where there's horizontal forgiveness. And so where we're offering forgiveness for, for, to other people. And so when both are combined, it creates the mechanism for which forgiveness is even possible. And so we're recipients of that forgiveness. We have the opportunity to release forgiveness to other people as well. So there's a a time when Peter the disciple was struggling with forgiveness. He was struggling because it seemed that, that the same person or people were doing the same thing repeatedly over and over again against him. And so he said, hey, Jesus, you know, this whole forgiveness thing is great. I love it. But how many times do I actually have to forgive them? And so Jesus answers with a parable. And I want to read that to you and we'll walk through it a little bit. So Matthew 18, starting in verse 24, it says, Therefore, the kingdom of of heaven can be compared to a king who has decided to bring his accounts up to date with his servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife and children and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and he begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and he forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. And so when we take this parable and we break it down a little bit, we can recognize that Jesus is talking about the king, the master being God, Uh, you know, and then we are the servants. We're the ones that serve the Lord in his kingdom. And so there's something interesting there though, that the servant is unwilling to forgive the other servant of the debt that's owed to them. And so when we're harboring unforgiveness towards other people, we are going to respond and act in a way that's, in a way that an offended person acts and responds because we're unwilling to offer forgiveness to others around us. And so Jesus is 
teaching about this forgiveness and he's using a parable. And the thing that's interesting is he's just, he's using a monetary unit to describe it because uh, he has to talk about quantity, right? He has to create some type of tension and understanding on, on our realm and our understanding where we're like, hey, what's the amount? How many times, how much? And so to appreciate the weight and the understanding of the forgiveness that's being communicated, we have to understand the value of the debt, right? So this is obvious. So how long would it take to pay back thousands of dollars to somebody else that you owed that money to? You know, in your life and in, in, in your standard of, of living and in your income, you know, if you had to squeeze a few things, cut a few things out, if you had a debt, if you had to make that adjustment, how much time would it take under normal income, normal, you know, expenses, it might would take a little while, right? A little bit, but it's doable, right? At some point in time, we could get to this place where we could pay that back. But it probably would be impossible for us to pay back millions and millions in debt. So that's what Jesus is doing. He's recognizing that there's a difference between what we owe one another and what we owe our Father in heaven. And so Jesus is using these amounts because of the reality that we could never pay it back in that vertical form and fashion. And one of the things that's really interesting is the servant, when called in front of the king to pay back the millions, he, he says, hey, give me a little bit more time. And, and that, so that's really interesting to me because he's either a really positive thinker, um, or he's just naive. Uh, so, because it, it, here's the deal. Um, there is no way in the context of what Jesus is talking about, Jesus is using this frame of millions in, in a fact that it is, there's no way that you could ever pay this back. That's the context that Jesus is talking about. He says, hey, maybe, you know, this would be, this would be possible, but this one, you couldn't pay it back. And one of the things that, other people will say to me, and you probably have heard this too, and, and it's possible that you've even communicated this before, where people will tell me when we're having a spiritual discussion, you know, we're talking about living for the Lord and following Christ or, you know, having, being a person of faith or, or making our way to heaven. Sometimes people will say, hey, you know, I really hope that I can make it and get there because I hope that my good outweighs my bad. I hope that I've done more good than bad in my life so it outweighs. And so what Jesus is saying is, that's not possible because the debt to the Father is in the millions of quantity. And so it, it just, it's not possible to do enough good. And so that's why we are Christ followers because praise God because of who he is as our Father in heaven, he was willing to offer his son to make the payment for us and so Jesus paid the millions upon millions for every single one of us, and he paid our debt because we couldn't. It would be impossible. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, it says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless spotless lamb of God. And so it's interesting because when you're talking about debts, if somebody owed us thousands of dollars, 
I mean, let's be honest, we probably would want them to pay us back, right? Is, I mean, I, hey, I lent you the money, I let you borrow it, the whole idea. It, it wasn't a gift, it was that you would pay me back. And so it's possible that you've been hurt. It's possible that there are some, there's some relational debt that's owed to you. Uh, it, it's very, it, it might even be a considerable debt that somebody else in your life ha has hurt you and offended you a great amount. But the thing that's interesting is if we focus on the debt that's owed to us, you know, it, it, it seems like a lot of money. We're like, hey, I want that paid back to me. I deserve to be paid that from you because of what you did to me. But when we use that amount that somebody else might owe us relationally and we compare it to the amount that we owe our heavenly father, it just, that thousands becomes minuscule, doesn't it? Just compared to the millions that are owed. And you know, and with this being Mother's Day, I just, I think of the numerous examples how moms get offended or have the opportunity to be offended all the time. Because kids will say stuff, right? Your kids will say stuff. Sometimes they don't mean anything by it. Sometimes they do. And sometimes they're coming after you. Uh, it's it's kind of like the thing, it's like, it's like the, you know, the mom that, you know, might be wearing the baggy shirt and, you know, and, and, and the little kid comes up and like, oh, mommy, mommy, you know, are you pregnant? No, I'm not pregnant. Don't ever ask a woman that again, you know, unless they're nine months and you're totally sure, you know, and then, you know, moms of teenagers, uh, you have the opportunity to be offended all the time. It's like, I mean, how many times is a, does the teenager come up and tell you that you don't know what you're talking about? I mean, how many times does a teenager say that out loud? I mean, so if you're hiring, you hire a teenager because they know everything. And so it's just like moms, I mean, right? That's, that's just reality. You're, you're, you're just you're in your teenager's eyes, like you have this opportunity to be offended and take that. And so Jesus is not saying that the thousands that are owed to us are insignificant. That's not what he's talking about at all. Uh, and in fact, it's a big deal. And if you look in your life right now, it's possible that, that you've been offended, you've been hurt. There's some relational debt owed to you and it might be a significant amount, but Jesus is offering this healing and restoration with a debt that's canceled, a debt that's forgiven because forgiveness is possible. I mean, the, the one that is owed the debt has the power to forgive, do they not? But when we're constantly focused on what we're owed, what we feel like we deserve, what you did to me, what you said to me. I just, when we live like that, it just seems obvious to me that offense is close at hand, that we're allowing ourselves to live an offended lifestyle. But if we keep our eyes on the debt that we've been forgiven, that seemingly insurmountable amount. I just, I think like, I think it's easier for us to live unoffendable. Where those that owe us the thousands were like, hey, you know what? It's really not that much. But they go, but what I said, what I did, and you're, I forgive you. I forgive the debt. Because, gosh, if you knew my story, if you knew the things that I've done, you would understand it's really not a lot but there are some obstacles that we face. So when those debts are owed to us, 
one of the things that, that can come into our lives is pride, where we feel like we deserve. And so what happens though is pride kills forgiveness. Um, so we just, we have to recognize in our life that pride will kill forgiveness all the time because we think we deserve it. We think that should be given to us. And, and so we get lofty and we think better than ourselves. And so, you know, you and I in our lives with our relationship with our heavenly father, we're not forgiven automatically. Just because we're children of God does not mean that we're forgiven automatically. We literally have to take the step to ask, to ask for forgiveness. Jesus died, his, he shed his blood. We're, we have the opportunity to receive the forgiveness, but you don't receive for what you don't ask for. And so we have to take that step and acknowledge our sins, acknowledge our great debt and apologize. And so you have to be humble enough to confess your sin and acknowledge that before the Lord. And, and when you talk about pride killing forgiveness, God hates pride. I mean, there are a number of scriptures where it is very obvious that God resists the proud uh, because I believe that pride actually robs us of our blessing. It says in Proverbs 16, five, it says that the Lord detests the proud. And so that's like nasty. That's like, no, not just a little bit, but that's just like disgusting. It's detestable. It's like, get away from me. I can't stand when people are prideful in my presence. Why? Because he's the king. There's nobody else above him. Why? Because he's the one that's owed the millions and he forgives that debt. And so pride prevents us from seeking forgiveness for the Lord, but it also prevents us from offering forgiveness to other people that horizontal type forgiveness. And so I just, I think it's a great opportunity for you and I to, to acknowledge the millions that we've been forgiven of. And so how many of you, if by hand clap, would say that you feel like you've been forgiven of millions from your heavenly father? What an amazing debt that he has, has paid for us, that, that he relinquished, that he pushed aside, that Jesus paid the ransom for. And so to me, there's this incredible opportunity, right? We're talking about this thing of being unoffendable. Well, what if you and I decided to walk in forgiveness every single moment of every day, regardless of what's done or said to us, we go, yeah, but, but I've been forgiven of a whole lot. And so you and I can offer forgiveness to every single person around us. And this reminds me of a story uh, of one of my friends. So I, I had the awesome opportunity to go to Oral Roberts University, study theology, get my degree. And so my senior year, um, I, I was roommates with one of my buddies. He, he actually was from this area. His dad was a pastor uh, in this area. And so, you know, we, we roomed together. It was, it was a lot of fun. We got in a lot of trouble, uh, but it was good, clean trouble. Um, so we just, we really had a great relationship. And so one of the things that I love, love, love is we're still in relationship. Uh, you know, I graduated from college in 98 and, and, and I still, there's, there's about five of us that still stay connected. We text almost every day. That's awesome. I, I just, I hope that you have that in your life. If not, you need to develop it. And so, you know, my, my former roommate, we, we stay in contact. And, and several years ago, uh, you know, he, he reached out to us just, just for some prayer because they experienced a family tragedy. So what had happened was uh, his dad was ride, out riding his motorcycle 
on one of the highways about 55 miles an hour and a car pulled out in front of his dad and hit, hit the motorcycle hit the car, just T-boned it and um, his dad passed away uh, from tragic accident, horrific, awful. And I remember my buddy saying, you know, we were talking through it. I'm like, bro, I mean, he was so close with his dad. Like they would surf together. They both played music together. They did, I mean, they did a lot of things together. I said, man, how are you doing? Because they, they were like best friends. And he said, you know, I, I really kind of grappled with that a little bit. But when, when, you know, when we got the opportunity to, to meet and talk with the person that caused the accident, they were just distraught. They realized what they had done. They made a mistake. It's an accident. It's tragic and horrible. But literally, they just, they pulled out in front because they didn't see him. It's so hard. And, and it's one of those things that's unfortunate but it happens. And, and they literally, they were just distraught. And my buddy told me this story. He said, you know, in, in that moment, I had to make a decision. It was either one way or the other. And he said, the way that I chose was I offered them forgiveness. I told them in that very moment that it was okay that I forgave him, that I'll miss my dad and it's horrible that it happened, but that he knows it wasn't their fault and it was just an accident. And so it just, it reminds me of the fact that there are so many times in our life that we could carry resentment, we could carry bitterness, we could, we could carry unforgiveness in our life. And, and some of us have gone through tragic things and it's been so difficult, but what if, we moved into this place of forgiveness. And regardless of the amount of debt that is owed to us from other people, that we decide to be unoffendable and to offer forgiveness and share in the peace that God has given to us where we can then share it to other people. Because in Philippians 4, 7, it says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. And so there is a peace that's found in forgiveness. And so when we're forgiven, we can be forgiving. I just, I think it's when we receive that debt that's canceled, I feel like we're able to be very generous. And so when we have this peace that God offers us, I feel like offense won't stick. You know what I'm talking about? You know how if we, if we had so much peace and, and just contentment in our life and relationship with the Lord and so close to him, offense won't stick. It just, it's like it'll roll off of us because we just, it just in that moment we go, yeah, I, I could choose one of two ways because of what you said, because of what you did. And so the spiritual side of this if we're able to adopt this and allow this to live in our life, do you know how powerful this would be? Like just for a moment, think about the spiritual aspect of how powerful the Holy Spirit of God would be moving in your life if you chose to forgive. I mean, think about that. Instead of being resentful, instead of being upset, instead of harboring unforgiveness, the Holy Spirit comes in, offers us this peace. Do you know what happens to us? We take this step forward into a new kingdom. We take a step forward into the forgiveness, the peace that's offered in the new kingdom. 
the, the, the former kingdom was one of darkness and you can choose to go back and forth and carry the, the, the darkness that unforgiveness brings. Or we can choose to adopt the customs of the new kingdom, the one that the King of heaven rules and reigns in, that we are now part of, and where the Holy Spirit gives us this opportunity to be unoffendable. And so I wanna offer kind of two different things. The first is, who do you need to forgive? Through this last little message that I've been sharing, it's possible that you've been thinking about somebody or a couple people or a few or a lot of people that you can choose to forgive or not. And we're gonna pray about that in just a moment. But then there's another group of us where we have this opportunity to be forgiven of our heavenly father. But you've gotta take the step forward where you acknowledge his son. Because the verse that I read earlier said that Jesus paid the ransom for your millions of debt and he did it by his blood. It wasn't a small insignificant amount. He paid for it with his life. That's the magnitude that covered the millions that you and I owed the heavenly father. And so you have this amazing opportunity to step into that from a former kingdom of darkness, now into a kingdom of light and forgiveness and peace that God offers. But the bridge between those two kingdoms is the cross of Christ. And so if you're willing to take that step and acknowledge it, then you enter into the new kingdom. And so the way that we do that here at Grace Church is, you know, in just a moment, we'll bow our heads and, and we'll pray together. Uh, you know, I'll ask that you, that you would raise your hand just to acknowledge that you need that. You're like, hey, that's me. I, you know, I need forgiveness in my life. I need cleansing, I need restoration. And so what this is, is in scripture, it talks about that this is a new life, that, that, that we're saved. That's what, that, that's what rescuing is. We're saved into eternity in heaven. We're rescued from eternal darkness in hell. And it's because of Christ. And that's what's being offered to you today. Forgiveness horizontally to other people and this incredible millions in debt that we're owed, that, we're, that we owe to our, our, the King in heaven that we cannot pay, that he paid for us. And so if y'all could do me a favor, just go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. I absolutely believe that the Lord is here in this moment and that he wants to bring forgiveness in our life. And so I wanna pray two different ways. One, I wanna pray for those of us that need to commit our life to Christ and to enter into the new kingdom. And so if that's you, and you would say, hey man, that's me, I need to make a commitment or I need to recommit my life to follow after Jesus. Would you do me a favor and just slip your hand up and just say, yep, that's me. So I asked everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes because I don't want you to feel embarrassed. It's not about you know, anything other than between you and God. Thank you so much, I see your hands. Anybody else, just go ahead and slip it up. Yeah, it's such a big deal. I mean, you, you, you are taking a, a significant step where literally your life is gonna change in this moment. So what I'm gonna ask is that, that you would pray along with me. And then after I'm done with this prayer, I'll pray for all of us for forgiveness. And so if you had your hand up or you know you need to 
uh, have forgiveness from the Lord and commit your life to Him, pray along with me. Maybe you just repeat after me and, and just say something like, God, I know I need you. God, thank you so much for sending Jesus to pay my debt because my debt was so big. And Jesus, right now, I put my faith in you. I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died and that you rose again for me. You paid the ransom that I owed. Jesus, you rescued me and I owe you everything. And so right now I give you my life. In return of you giving yours, I give you mine. And from this day forward, I ask that you would just change me. Give me a fresh start. Give me a new beginning. Because I want to follow after you. Help me to learn the new customs in the new kingdom. Help me to learn the new language. Help me to learn forgiveness. And Father, right now I want to pray for every single one of us. Lord, here in the, in the sanctuary, Lord, watching online, God, we've thought of people right now that we, are, we have offense against, they owe us a debt. But God, we just wanna acknowledge right now, even as significant as it may seem, it's just thousands. And so God, would you do something miraculous right now through the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would cause forgiveness to come in our life, that we also would offer forgiveness to those around us. And so Lord, we choose to forgive them. And so Lord, we do this act right now. We think of them in our mind. We say their, their name, Lord, we think of them. We see their face. We choose forgiveness. Go ahead and think of them right now. I choose to forgive you. I choose to forgive you. My stepdad, my mom, my coworkers, my family members, the one that hurt me when I was younger. I choose to forgive you. I choose to forgive. God, would you do something supernatural right now that you would remove offense, that you would give us peace, that you would give us forgiveness and cleansing that we might live differently. God, you're amazing. Thank you for your word and your scripture and your Holy Spirit. In your name we pray.